Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. you have something like ACs because in Germany since the temperatures are usually relatively mild in summer we have like maybe one or two months where it gets really hot but other than that it's like a rather mild temperature so barely anybody has like ACs at home we just live with that you know that's um, amazing yeah but it's really crazy at the same time we have like a, a ph phenomenon where people have the the flat that's uh, in the upper floor, right? The highest flat, uh, where, which is under the roof, which, which yes. we call a Dachgeschosse-Wohnung in German. And everybody, it's like a running joke. Everybody's just feeling the pain for the people who live in, in the top floor who are just suffering all summer. So, that's, yeah, that's and they don't have like, ACs. Why can't they have the air conditioning unit? I have no idea. I, I feel like some, in Germany maybe it's just a little bit, a um, little bit sadomastic, sadomaso, and like, <laughs> likes to feel the pain. I have no idea, but, but it's just not a common thing. People just don't have ACs for whatever reason. Germans, first of all, I got to say, Germans have the coolest word for everything. You, you <laughs> have made such an art form out of taking any situation and making a really awesome word out of it. I mean, our ad agency had like, 10 years worth of enjoyment with Farfin Nugan <laughs> with, <laughs> with the Volkswagen brand. I mean, it's so cool. So, oh, yeah, Farfin Nugan. <laughs> so, all right. So, you have that word for uh, people in the summertime at the top floor. What about the, do you have a word for the opposite for the people who live on the bottom floor in the wintertime? <laughs> <laughs> oh that's i guess we could make one up because in germany you know the language works that way that you can just pile an infinite amount of nouns uh in one row and create a new word so to speak so i'm pretty sure we could make one up but i think there's not one by default for, All right, at we'll least for now <laughs> make a note of it <laughs> by the end of this year during the winter time we we will have a word for it <laughs> for sure uh, so I'm speaking with Karen Mayoka. She is an amazing film photographer in Germany. Uh, Karen, you are uh, a film photographer. You are uh, a psychologist. And you recently, the, what really uh, caught my attention was that you have purchased your uh, very first uh, digital camera, a serious digital camera in a while, and you chose the Fujifilm X100V. And I got to ask you right off the bat, where on earth did you find a Fujifilm X100V? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was not so easy. Well, um, you know, the, the whole process of getting the idea to, to get one and to get into digital in, in general has been um, taken quite a while. So 
Um, I just made it kind of public um, that I got this camera a couple of weeks ago on my YouTube channel. But usually I just take my time with new gear and I, you know, want to make sure that I kind of know what I'm talking about before talking about it online. So just because I released it a couple of weeks ago, it doesn't mean that I also got it a couple of weeks ago. In right. fact, I got the, the X100V already in late summer, early autumn last year, I think. It must have been around August or something like that last year. Um, so it's been quite a while. And I think I put myself on some sort of waiting list, probably two or three months before that already. Because you got and I just that means you got that during peak hype for that camera. Yeah, that might be. Honestly, I just looked at a bunch of uh, camera stores and saw and wanted to see if they had one and none had one in stock. So I just thought, you know what, I am going to go into town, into my little city and, and just ask the local camera store if they maybe have one in stock or not. And I go there regularly, you know, every time I'm in the city center, I just go there to, to check if they have any film, if they have anything in the second hand um kind of shelf so i think they know that i'm kind of a regular person who who drops by every now and then and then i just ask if they have one in stock or if they could you know put me on a waiting list and they said that's no problem at all and because i was rather flexible when it comes to the color to the paint and i said i don't care if it's the silver one or if it's the black one yeah. they said they would notify me as as soon as they as they have one and I think I, I just got super lucky because I, I think the waiting list probably wasn't that long. And then they contacted me as soon as they had one. And they also told me that it's the only one they have in stock. And I had to kind oh, of decide wow. on the spot when they called me if I want to have it or not, because otherwise I would give it to somebody else. So, um, yeah, but I've, I've seen that it's been crazy and that some people were selling it secondhand on, on marketplaces for like 500 bucks more than the usual retail price, which is incredible. And it's crazy and i think this <laughs> this should be forbidden if you ask me it is it is crazy uh during the peak it's gone uh here it's gone as high as like double double wow. asking cost uh now it's kind of settled down to being uh both probably 300 dollars over asking price and still crazy yeah uh and the, some of the used markets it, it's it, it's kind of it fluctuates uh but yeah it, it's it's been insane here too and uh but i'm glad you're enjoying it i i had a, a great time watching your video which by the way everybody should check out karen's uh youtube channel uh, under the name karen mayoka you have this what I love about it is you have this great way of presenting your uh, your your vlogging. It, it's very, uh, I want to say it's on the cusp of whimsical in a Wes Anderson kind of way. Uh, very <laughs> earnest and very practical too. So you have this great flair for making something ordinary seem very interesting. And on top of that, your photography is really good too. So that's that's just the icing on the cake. I could watch you probably uh, talk about making cupcakes the the way you present <laughs> your videos. But uh, the the photography is really amazing, and uh, your experience with the X one hundred it was really cool. So uh, tell me about why that camera and how you felt after a few weeks of using it.
in comparison to your normal film photography? Okay, first off, um, yeah, I'm happy that we have the cameras off because I'm definitely blushing right now. So thank you so <laughs> much for the kind words. I really, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I just love making videos and I love experimenting with different things and try to get some variation in and not always have the same kind of scheme when it comes to video. So I'm very happy that um, people see that. Um, and regarding the the Fuji, you know, the answer is very easy. I wanted to be on the podcast. So I thought, okay, what shall I do? Of course, I need to get a Fuji camera now. <laughs> no, but uh, jokes aside. Hey, well, um, look, we had grainy days on for lesser things. <laughs> not, not that hard to get on the show. <laughs> Yeah, his work is amazing. I actually uh, listened to the to the episode uh, about him, oh, uh, cool. where you talked a lot about the the Fuji uh, X band model, right? So yes. that was that was fun too. Uh, yeah, but coming back to my experience, honestly, it's been very difficult for me, and I think the switch kind of. I would say back to digital because I initially started photography with a digital camera many years ago was very um, hard for me because I've been shooting film pretty much exclusively since I think around 2018-ish. I'm not really sure if it was 2017, 18, something like that. And ever since that time, I pretty much haven't touched a digital camera since so it's been only film every you know film film all day and i've never considered myself to be a purist i just thought whatever works works yeah. but for me the kind of user experience is one of the most important parts about photography so my kind of tactile experience when shooting and i always preferred to do that on film so my switch back to digital was not because of the kind of experience or not because i was unhappy with my results but pretty much because i wanted to stretch my film supply that i have my film stock for a little bit longer and use um, a digital camera for let's say projects that maybe are not as important for me to to save some film because of the rising film prices and the costs of film I think that was kind of an, a necessary development um, but be because of that I have to say I was a bit scared of the switch and I was scared that I just don't like it at all and I think the the Fuji system made it kind of easy to to not be completely opposed to it and to kind of find some liking in the user experience as well because it's very similar with the manual dials that I know from my film cameras so I think I I made the right choice to to go for that system in the beginning um yeah, and I'm still learning and I'm still constantly trying to to find ways of using this camera and making the most of it, I guess. Have you taken advantage of the JPEG film simulations for the camera? Oh, yes. Um, to, to be honest, I, I think that this is relatively close to my process that I use on film because I pretty much only use the JPEGs. I treat the JPEGs as my photos yep. and i shoot both i shoot jpeg and i shoot raw but the raw is more or less my negative that i simply store away and that i would maybe rescan so to speak so redevelop in lightroom if i needed to but um the jpegs are my scans that i get back from the lab and i use them and just if something's really not right i would work on the raw but i try to also make my decision consciously so if i for example Currently, I'm only shooting black and white since the beginning of the year. But when I, when I have the option to choose between color and black and white, I also try to stick with that and uh, choose a film simulation. And if it's color, it's color. If it's black and white, it's black and white. And really kind of rely on 
what I have dialed in, rely on the decisions I've made before and not try to go back and forth so much because I really want to kind of uh, simulate the film experience at least as close as I can get. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Do you have a film, a favorite film simulation? It sounds like the Acros film uh, film sim would be right up your alley and, and, and like the first on your dial. Yeah, I really like that one for sure. And, you know, I, I'm, I still feel like a beginner and a noob in the whole Fuji ecosystem. So sorry if I kind of use some some words wrong or if oh, there's no you know, more more nerdy information that I'm not familiar with. But I saw so, or I used some of the um, film recipes from the Fuji Fuji X um Fuji um, X quickly, yes. Yes, yes, exactly that one. And I found one black and white um, um recipe that's the the Tri X 400 simulation that I really really like and that comes very close to my workflow when I shoot Ilford HP5. And the other one I found that I really really like is a Kodak Portra 800 simulation that I used to shoot a lot last year before switching uh, to black and white and that's also been very very nice. And when it comes to the kind of baked in uh, simulations uh, w without using recipes but the one that you have kind of available in the camera right from the start the acros one and the astia one are definitely my favorites so far that's amazing that's so fun and do you uh, playing around with that do you envision yourself making your own film simulations uh if you were to try what kind of film simulation would you try to emulate or would you like to see Fujifilm make uh equivalent of in the real world oh that's a good question I didn't think about it yet because I feel like the kind of market or ideas of recipes are so dense and so saturated already that I feel there's everything I need and everything has been tried before and the recipes out there are so good that I just didn't think about making something on my own because I feel like they are so good already. And I mean, the kind of options are relatively limited. Um, but I think um, probably, you know, if there would be an option to to shoot or to, to modify something like the, the halations, I think it would be nice to create something like the proper uh, Sinistil 800T look with the halations because you can get a very similar feel to it when it comes to the colors but of course the texture of the images cannot be modified yet un unless the 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 one feature which is I think the, the one that slows down your camera see here clarity. I'm already clarity exactly yeah you can change the clarity but that that's pretty much it about the kind of texture of the images and I think it would be really nice to have something that uh, you can control some sort of bloom or some sort of halation or something like that with um but I think that's uh yeah probably not possible at this point that would be I, I've thought of that too uh to be able to uh do something like that I guess the closest thing we could do is throw on uh a promist filter and True. try to make it an equivalent but something in camera would be really awesome to to i don't know if you could do that digitally probably I've thought in of post production sorry i i've thought of that too the, the with, with the halations to the, the, that very unique cinestill halation that it, it's it makes for street light photography uh, and things like that 
really pop. Yeah, right. And I was wondering, because we're talking about simulations and recipes, and I mean, you have so much experience with the Fuji system that you even have a podcast about it. And does, does it ever get boring to you? Or do you feel like the kind of horizon of, of recipes uh, is still so broad that there's always something new to experience? Or how has your journey in this system been? It's been love and hate. Uh, actually. uh so <laughs> i've already uh, probably by by the time you're listening to th th this episode i've i think i've had previous episodes where i've had my rants uh so i i love the fujifilm film simulations love them dearly but the the problem that i experience is the inconsistency between cameras and mm -hmm. it as of late the Fujifilm cameras aren't bringing in the like the the older models aren't bringing in the the newer film sims, and and mm, so for I me, when, when I'm photographing a wedding and, and and I have two cameras on me, one of them is the XT5 and one of them is the X XT4, and, and the film simulation that I enjoy the most is the nostalgic negative. And only one camera is able to do it. The other camera isn't. And so it's gotten to a point where uh, I'm just tired of waiting. I'm not ready to buy another X-T5 yet. So now mm -hmm. I just shoot raw and, and do things in post-production and, and just use the Provia film simulation as uh, as my standard one because they all have it. I just want my work to look consistent. And Yeah, I see yeah, so that's that's been my gripe. But on my own projects, uh, when when I'm able to just use one camera, nostalgic negative all the way. I love that <laughs> film simulation. It is, it is kind of like it, it brings me the 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 joy of like what Kodachrome used to look like back in the day. Like when I look at when I remember, I, I've never shot Kodachrome, but looking at the old pictures that. That that it it just made you feel like that camera had like rust on it and stuff it, like that <laughs> that great charm that made it mm. gritty and fun and, and just made the colors pop uh, that that's what that film simulation does for me and it always made skin tone look amazing it made the colors very. Uh, it just turned it in such a way that it gave it like that vibrancy and grit to it that that I, no other film simulation does for me. But back in the day, it used to be uh, Classic Chrome. Classic Chrome was like one of the best film simulations that Fujifilm has ever done, and it, it gave it that that sharp, contrasty, great feel. And, and it just got supplanted by another one that they just did. So um, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your take on Classic Chrome. Have you been able to try that uh, on your camera? Um, I think Classic Chrome I did, but I'm not sure if I used the Nostalgic 
Chrome that you talked about. You don't have um, that one on, on your camera. See, that's what okay. I'm that, see, it should be. On, I, I, I told you I'm, I'm not super, uh, super knowledgeable in, in that um, system yet, but that's that explains it for sure. But that yeah. made me definitely very curious to try it because uh, in Germany, we also say der Name ist Programm, which means something like the name speaks for itself. And I think the way you described it, it sounds and feels very nostalgic. So they definitely kind of made the made the name count here, right? And you gave it a great name, which makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but with the with the classic Chrome, that's that, that I, I've been using that in the beginning a lot um, because I think it looks wonderful. It's just very subtle, but you know, still very very pleasing to look at. Yes. Um, but but my my kind of problem quote unquote has been that i started a, a self-imposed black and white challenge uh, ever since the first of january which means that i've been only shooting black and white of course on film that's you know th that means that i only shoot um, um black and white negative film but i also applied this to my digital experience which means that from january on i've been using my fuji just in, in black and white modes using black and white recipes so i didn't really have so much time to dabble in the um in the color world of fuji which is kind of sad because i feel like i didn't unlock the whole power and the whole kind of world yet um but i i want to kind of tr stay true to my values and stay true um to to what i'm you know what i'm putting on myself so i just felt it wouldn't work if i only shoot um, black and white film, but then I should color on on digital because I really wanted to to get the whole experience of how it feels to only shoot black and white for a long period of time. So I feel like I will have to wait that out until I'm allowed to to shoot <laughs> color again to really experience the the Fuji with its whole kind of potential. And the problem is that I initially wanted to do this challenge only for six months, which means that it would be over in in a week. So from 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 uh, July, I would be free again. But I'm kind of thinking to maybe prolong it and maybe do the full year. But maybe with the exception to kind of give myself a little bit of more freedom when I shoot the Fuji, just to really get an idea of the uh, of the um, color simulations and and things like that because I think it would be a waste to not really uh, use it for such a long time. So we'll see. I'm not really you know decided yet, but I think I will prolong my challenge, but maybe be a little bit kind of freer when it comes to the Fuji. So that's amazing. You what what instilled this challenge? What what brought on the the need to shoot only black and white, and then why black and white? I think uh, primarily because I don't see black and white as my strong point. I think that in my roots, I am a color photographer. I'm drawn to color a lot. Color is one of the first things I notice. I really like to compose and juxtapose with color. Um, and I feel like this maybe sometimes distracts some sort of message that I can only tell with color and I really wanted to see what happens if I leave my comfort zone if my if I push myself and if I really try to just do the thing that I feel like I'm not good at and see how this will um, kind of train me and how far I can come if I really practice only black and white because I feel like black and white is my weak point and also see that after all this time if this will affect um, my color photography as well so I, I feel like I, I'm just 
a perfectionist when it comes to a lot of things and I really like to to work on myself and I really don't like to have a, a weak spot I mean that's human and I will forever remain many weak spots but I just feel like um I never really I never really committed to black and white for me it was always oh I'm out of color film yeah you know what I'm gonna shoot black and white or if I if it was an overcast day and I was kind of lost because I knew I wouldn't really come far with color film this is when I would use black and white and I feel I didn't really do it justice and I just really wanted to do it justice and do it properly for once you know what I mean I totally know uh, in fact I, I feel that uh my black and white work it really struggles as well I I, I have a really hard time taking my photos. And for, for me, I, I, I take it and I tend to convert it to black and white uh, in post-production. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that I try to emulate is that 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 T-Max black and white green and contrast and, and like like that. It, it's own particular way of making photos sharp and, uh, and pop. Uh, mm -hmm. and I've done a fairly okay job, I guess <laughs> it's, it's, it's passable, <laughs> but when I look at other photographers, it's like, ah, oh, it, it's not the, it's not them. And, and so I, I feel, uh, feel that, uh, that, that little ping of, uh, angst about it. So, <laughs> but I mean, your, your work has been awesome it, your, your work is actually one of the things that i look at and, and say man i wish it was more like that uh, after six months of doing this how how do you feel now uh about your black and white work uh do you feel that it's uh strengthened your your um your your photographic eye to to think more in contrast and detail? Well, I cannot 100% speak about the results yet because I think I still have around 20 to 30 rolls of film that I haven't developed yet for from the last three months or so. Oh, wow. So, you know, my my kind of workflow when, when working with film is always a little bit behind. So I will know for sure once I developed everything, but I can talk about the changes that I noticed for now. And I think most of them were perceptual. So I noticed that my perception, my vision, my attention definitely shifted because before I was, you know, as I told you, very drawn to color. I, I was looking around and like, almost like the focus peaking feature on cameras. I saw color, you know, and I was like, oh, there's red, there's uh, orange. What, what can I do with that? And I think that kind of changed, which I wouldn't say was for the for the worse, but which actually kind of kind of ripped it off color so that I could focus on what is behind that. So now I feel like I'm more focused on kind of layers and not so much individual pieces of color. And I'm more focused on maybe stories that I, that I can discover that don't need color to be told. And I'm focused more on expressions, on emotions um, that I kind of notice more often. So this is the changes that I kind of um, already observed when it comes to how I work around or walk, or walk around when I have my camera. And I feel that you know, I've developed my film from January to around March, April, the majority of it. And I shot 
a bit with the Fuji. So I feel like I have the first half of the of the half year, so the first quarter of the year already um you know regarding the results which i can uh, which i can talk about and even there i i already noticed some changes that i feel like with black and white i i went a lot more um regarding the overall composition of an image because maybe maybe some people don't know that but the majority of my work is uh, surrounded uh, street photography so i do a lot of street photography and usually i notice that i'm very drawn to individual characters and with black and white because a character usually is comprised because of the colors because of the poppiness that the person is wearing and and things like that i feel like now i'm more drawn to groups of people and layers of I would say maybe more complex images and I also noticed that things I didn't pay attention before now play a bigger role so for example usually I worked I walked past posters or advertisements and things like that but because black and white just by its nature is so kind of surreal almost the the lines between what is a poster and what is reality kind of blur so I really noticed that I incorporate posters and advertisements much more into my work and juxtapose those. So, for example, have a poster in the foreground where you have people, but then also have people in the background, which kind of motivates you to really look at it properly because you cannot figure out which one's the poster, which one's the, the real image or the real person. And I feel like because of the subtraction of color, everything in right from the start is more abstract and more surreal. And I just noticed that I play around with that way more than I used to before, which definitely is a very interesting observation for me. That is amazing. I never thought of it quite like that. And that that is a great observation. It's, uh, it's pretty wild. Um, so we, as you, as you go about fo photographing, um, how has the experience been between the two technologies? Um, with, with the digital, you're able to see the world in black and white, but when you're using your film cameras, like your uh, Leica, you're you're not quite. I mean, you you don't get to see in black and white at all. So, has mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. experience between the two uh, mediums? Uh, change the way you photograph have you noticed any perceptible difference between your your film work and your digital work um i think i do because um the majority of my instant observations i can make with my digital camera but with film because the process i mean i could develop the role straight no, on the same day and scan it on the same day but that's just not how my workflow works because I usually develop uh, a bunch of roles at the same time and I spend like two days in my bathroom to develop everything and then I scan it so it just you know it's a little bit delayed when it comes to the process so yeah. I feel like the the Fuji was a very big helper to really instantly notice these changes in perception and especially in the beginning 
I was um, walking around because usually with film cameras, of course, I use the, the viewfinder a lot. And with my Fuji camera, I also prefer to use the viewfinder, but it was a big help to use the EVF and have the black and white simulation on or even use the LCD screen to just look around and get a feeling of how things actually look like in black and white to get a better understanding and ability to pre-visualize things. So I feel like my kind of learning curve definitely steepened a bit because I have the Fuji now which probably would have taken me longer if I only shoot film with my kind of delayed process um, and I noticed that the the digital camera definitely um, makes me also go for some subjects more that I simply would overlook um, with with film because I just wasn't able to pre-visualize it I think I might have even said that in one video before but um, with the Fuji I noticed that reflections are suddenly so interesting because you can see what's reflecting what's not reflecting you can see what really is in focus what isn't and with film that's very very hard to pre-visualize it's very hard to get an idea how reflections really behave so for me it's a little bit more of a surprise if I shoot reflections on on film and reflections on a digital camera are you know you can really work with it you can really shape it the way you want and that has been very interesting for me so I feel like without the Fuji I probably wouldn't um, try around so much um, working with reflections and mirrors and things like that on the street that's very cool uh, with, with with your cameras I I noticed that be, you, you're you're favoring the rangefinders. Uh, is thirty-five millimeter your your preferred uh, focal length that you shoot? Yes, and that's also why I went for the X one hundred V because it's a thirty-five millimeter full frame equivalent, and thirty-five is just what I use. I would say probably even ninety to ninety-five percent of the time. Do you now that you've had a chance to play with the the X100V is there any other Fuji camera that you're very curious in uh trying out mm, well i have to say well two things first thing um is that i am considering to switch to Fuji when it comes to my video work because right now I am shooting pretty much all of my videos on a small Sony camera, the Sony ZV-1. And I have a Sony uh, A7 II, which I got like, which was pr pretty much one of my very, very first cameras many years ago, which kind of started this whole journey of photography in the first place. But it's not really a good option for a video these days. So I've been thinking to switch to Fuji when it comes to my video work, because right now I spend a lot of time color grading and trying to, to fix a couple of things when it comes to the footage. And I feel like Fuji might make it easier to also use these simulations uh, when filming. So I have been looking into the Fuji X-T4, X-T5 kind of direction. Um, but I haven't decided yet and it's not so urgent. So it's just been like an idea. So that's the first thing. And Might the second I suggest thing, the brand yes, new... Yes, definitely, definitely. The brand new Fujifilm XS20, which is uh, probably right up your alley for uh, doing any kind of vlogging. And uh, it's basically the X-T5, X-H, 
uh, XH2 smaller version and more mm-hmm. simplified version of, uh, of, of a, a video camera. It, and it can also do stills. Okay. And what are the benefits of, of this one co- in comparison to something like the X-T5? Because I, I also heard that it's kind of more uh, targeted towards video, but I didn't look uh, into it that much. So that would be really interesting. Yeah, it, it's... I, I know you like the 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 dials. I, I'm, I'm very big on the, the manual options as well. So this is more of a DSLR kind of uh, menu system. So you're kind of losing that, but it's supposed to make uh, the the camera work much more intuitive uh, Mm -hmm. for for video. And like the the autofocus system is very uh, intuitive in in that it knows that it's videoing a, a, a face or a dog or an airplane it can switch the autofocus priority depending on what it's looking at. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's that sounds very impressive. So thank you so much for the suggest uh, for the recommendation. I will definitely look into it. Um I'm yeah, and maybe glad the, to help the... and you're welcome Fujifilm. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should definitely get some commission for that. <laughs> She said it, yeah. not me. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the, the second thing, because you, you asked if I would be interested to get another Fuji camera. And actually, I know this might come as a little bit of a surprise because it hasn't been so present on the channel yet. There's still a lot of, uh, or a couple of Fuji videos that will come. But actually, the Fuji X100V also showed me that this probably won't be my um, my lasting digital camera but um, I realized that what I also like the most about my my film camera or especially my Leica M6 which is my my main camera that I use is that I really like the rangefinder system and the Fuji system is a really nice one but it just it, it isn't a real rangefinder system right you have the optical viewfinder you have the EVF but the whole focusing system is different and as much as I love the Fuji for itself I realized that I think it's still not close enough to the experience that I would like to have. So I actually decided to probably part ways with the X100V again at some point um, because I actually made the leap and I bought the um, Leica M10, which pretty Ooh. much is the exact same thing as my Leica M6, just in digital. And I wish I had the funds to keep both. I wish I had the funds to keep the Fuji, but I probably just cannot do that. So, um, yeah, this should have been a podcast about my entry into Fuji. But at the same time, it's also a little bit about my exit when it no, comes no, to Fuji. I, truly, the the one thing that I wanted to get is your experience with the Fuji. Because at heart, you are a film photographer and and nothing is going to change that. No amount of digital photography will will alter that and in fact the only way that you would go full digital is if all of a sudden all film disappeared uh yes <laughs> knock on wood and pray that doesn't happen um but uh but yeah it, it, your experience is your experience the and no nobody can take that or change that or 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 judge it other than yourself and you had a great time with the Fuji system, and that's all that counts. Uh, and I can't wait to see what you do 
so tell me about the the like i've only heard bits and pieces about it but uh like sell me on the uh the the new leica camera that they they released so like i hear that i, I should get commission for that too then <laughs> yeah right <laughs> No. Um, so basically, you know, right from the start when I knew I wanted to change into the digital system as like a backup system to my film workflow, I knew that the Leica system would probably be the best one for me just because I also have M-mount lenses. But I just didn't find a good enough deal that could kind of convince me to to get into the Leica system, um, which just changed a couple of weeks ago, which is why I got the M10 locally for a very good deal, which would have been just you know, dumb to not to not get it at that point. But I knew right from the start that actually I I would love to to um to go the Leica direction one day, just because it makes the the most sense uh, regarding my background. Um, what is think... special about the the Leica? Like why? I mean, in some respects, a lot of people look at it as like like the the camera line that that is last to the test of time uh the the engineering is something to to behold in, in every mm -hmm. single like a camera uh but other people say it's just uh it's just a regular camera that's just incredibly overpriced what what <laughs> is it about the 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 system that draws you in and, and like for for me personally like fujifilm the 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 smallness the the mm. the manual controls uh the color science all of that are things that drew me into fujifilm what what is what is that siren song that is driving you to to leica i guess it is what you said that it is very minimal it is not the brightest and newest and best up-to-date technology, but it is just the bare minimum that you need for shooting. And for me, definitely a big part of the deal is the rangefinder system. I just feel like even with autofocus, I never experienced a system that feels so fast and reliable as the rangefinder system, because I'm also, I'm a control freak and I really don't like to get way when it comes to control i really like to keep the control so even having autofocus doesn't really feel good to me because i want to be in charge of that i want to do that and all of the other systems i felt that allow manual focusing the fuji does that too it just still doesn't feel as uh, as precise and as smooth and as tactile for me so the focusing system on the leica with the rangefinder just feels 100 how I want it to be because I am in charge. I am in control. I can manually focus. I have, a, I have lenses with focusing tabs with ha which have like a very narrow kind of focusing throw. I have the rangefinder that I can look through, and this is you know this is just really what I want. But there is no camera that's perfect, and also the Leica M10 is not perfect, and it's always uh, you know pros and cons. And the pros that you mentioned about the Fuji system are also what I love about it, and which is why I'm very sad that I probably have to part with it again because it's light opposed to the Leica the Leica is very heavy it's small the Leica is a bit chunkier and the the colors of the Fuji are still pretty much the best I've seen from my small experience when it comes to digital with the Leica files I would probably have to do more manual labor because with the Fuji I can use the JPEGs and I'm happy and I don't I doubt that this will be possible with the M10 
Um, but I think for me, as I said in the beginning, the kind of shooting experience for me is my most important criterion. I really want to enjoy myself when I'm out and I want to have control over everything. And with the Fuji, I had control over a lot of things, but I felt like the manual focusing system just didn't work for me. And the autofocus system felt like too much, um, you know, too much of a machine thing that I didn't do yeah. myself. So the kind of operation um, of the camera is just where I see myself with Leica. Um, but I, I'm very, um, I'm very sure, and I know, and I'm very aware that I'm also buying in the cons with it. It's heavy, it's chunky, it's expensive, which just makes it more kind of risky <laughs> when going out. It doesn't have the same color science. Um, the sensor is maybe not um, as modern as as the one in the Fuji and things like that. But I think it's just a matter of which criteria are the most important to you. And for me, user experience is the number one thing. And that's just what I get with Leica. If, well, if Fujifilm made a true rangefinder camera, like take the X100, for example, if they made that focusing system the same as what you would get with 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 the Leica and I'm imagining um it, it's like you're you, you said it was like very quick to to focus and in some of your videos you said you had it down to a science where you don't even have to look through the camera you're if you're walking a particular distance from your subject you know that it will be in focus just by the feel of the where the 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 focusing ring is and, and you could take the shot mm -hmm. uh, if, if something like equivalent like that was made on the fuji system do you feel that that would be more in line in what you would want uh for your camera and that that would be something to to make you stay honestly i thought just about theory it. crafting at this point yeah, but that's exactly what I was thinking the other day. I was talking to somebody, actually the person I bought the M10 from, and I, I, I talked about this with him, that this would be my ideal camera if Fuji and Leica ever cooperated and they made a camera together where you have like the um, film simulations on something like a Leica or the other way around. If you have the rangefinder camera on something like a Fuji film, for me, you can also strap the LCD screen. I don't need an LCD screen. If I just have a good bright viewfinder, I'm happy. And if there's a screen, I don't need a touch screen. I don't need a joystick. I don't need anything. If they made such a minimal camera with a true rangefinder, I would stay with Fuji 100%. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And because it's not, because we can dream, but sadly it's not reality. We have to choose. And I think, yeah, it's not, it, it wasn't a, an easy choice, but I feel like, I feel a bit more at home now. Right on. You know, I'm surprised that more camera manufacturers aren't doing their own film simulations on their cameras, knowing yeah, how popular true. it is for Fujifilm. Like, th this isn't, uh, like, uh, I, I don't think this is like a patentable uh, thing that Fujifilm can claim. Although they'll, they'd probably make the argument that everybody's copying them, but I mean, 
so be it. Coke copies Pepsi, Pepsi copies Coke, and, and, <laughs> and, and, and the circle continues there. Um, I'm surprised that Leica doesn't do the same thing uh, with them being so prevalent in film photography and being kind of like the gold standard for uh, film photography in, in some respects, at least for street photography, that they don't do that kind of film simulation with uh, with their digital cameras. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a little bit of options on the on the Leica as well. You can set uh, the JPEGs to black and white. You can adjust things like contrast and grain and things like that. But it's not as thought through and not as uh, versatile as the Fuji one. But I feel I know that I think Rico is also having like film sim simulation ish things on their system, and I feel like more brands. Uh, catch up on that yet but i feel nobody executed it in such a, a great way as fuji does for now i've never used the rico cameras have you oh just once or twice uh when i was uh at a don't ask me how i get there how i got there because i have nothing <laughs> to do with rico but i was at a rico event last year and there i got to try some of the cameras out because it was shortly after the Rico 3x release I think with the yep. one with the 40 millimeter lens so I had to I got to try it out a little bit and it's a fantastic camera but for me it was also in the race of which camera I should get when when going into digital but it was just uh, too little of a film experience you don't even have a viewfinder you just have the screen and it's a great camera but it doesn't feel like film in the slightest so there was uh yeah quickly out of the race if it should be my only camera i am hoping that they re-release or, or remake the the, the rico film cameras that uh, it escapes me the the very small ones um you just said the name of it and I, uh, G gr oh, the gr thank you yeah yeah i think there's rumors about it right there's rumors, but I haven't heard anything definitive. And I think mm -hmm. that would be really cool because Leica just re-released one of their film cameras that, that is that is just uh, a remake of the Leica M6, is it correct? Or Yes, exactly. Uh, and so that, I mean, that alone brings new parts <laughs> to, to broken cameras. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so film cameras rejoice, <laughs> you have more, uh, access to, to, to repairs. Um, so seeing like, seeing that on the, like that, that treatment for the Rico, I think would be really cool. Cause those film cameras look really fun to play with. And I just don't want to pay the price for those, especially if it breaks in like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that would be really, really cool. I mean, probably film manufacturers have to keep up with that. So Fuji and Kodak definitely do your homework and please produce more affordable film. But um, yeah, just any film camera that comes out these days, I think is a big benefit for the film community because it gives hope that there is still a need and still a value for these kind of tools. So with your journey... Now uh, leaning towards uh, Leica, 
I, I got to ask you about the the black and white only cameras. Uh, Leica right now is probably the the the, the leading camera camera manufacturer for black and white only. Has has that interested you since you're you're working on your black and white? <laughs> true, true. I, I, oh, I didn't even connect the dots. Yeah, for this year, it it would have been a great option, because it wouldn't even be possible to shoot something else. But uh, honestly, I mean, yes, they're probably great cameras. I've never shot a monochromatic sensor, so I have no idea how it really looks like and how it really compares in, in comparison to a color sensor. But I think it's definitely very tempting. But when we look at the price tag alone, I think it's not justifiable to, um, to because then I would also need a camera that would be able to to shoot color, and I think it's not justifiable to have like two of those cameras with such a price tag. So for me right now, it's not really interesting at all because um, I still want to have the option to switch between color and black and white if I'm ever free again and if I'm if if I finished my challenge. Um, yeah, and because still, even though I'm doing this challenge, I'm feeling like a color photographer and I still feel like after this challenge, my color work will definitely be different, but I will still work in color. And I, uh, I'm i not too committed to black and white photography to my regular work, apart from this challenge, to really commit to a camera like that. But what about you? Has this been tempting to you? Or would you, for example, buy a Fuji camera if it had a monochromatic sensor? You know that I think that's a, a real possibility now. Pr prior to uh, w when Leica announced their black and white camera, I know there was a big uh, uptick in people wanting that for the Fujifilm system mm -hmm. uh, to to have a black and white only camera. And Fujifilm, to to their credit, they they've only said that they, they'll look into it, uh, will consider it or something, which means. Uh, in Fujifilm terms, eh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> but with the success of the Panasonic black and white camera, where they can't keep that on the shelves, that I think sparked that that had to have caused a blip on Fujifilm's radar. Seeing that that there was an interest in in in. in I mean, Leica is Leica, but Panasonic is more their competitor than Leica is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to see such a demand for that, I I really think it's possible that the very next Fujifilm X100 is going to come in two flavors. It's going to be the, the color version that we're all uh, accustomed to, and there's going to be a black and white only. I, I really feel that in my bones uh, after seeing the popularity of the Panasonic black and white camera. Um, mm, that would be interesting. Yeah. And, and for me, I would say, I, I don't think I'd ever go full black and white uh, just because like, like you said, you know, you, you, you see in color, it's, it's kind of difficult to make that jump. I, I see myself as a color photographer through and through. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I black and white. I I will I will gladly accept just the Acros film simulation and, <laughs> and just kind of work within those means uh, and try 
to to pitifully come close to the people I admire. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's the closest I can get. Uh, if Fujifilm made, imagine the X100V as a black and white only camera. Is would that encourage you to to keep it or or, or something along that lines? Mm, probably also not just because yeah no I, I really don't see myself only as a black and white photographer I think it would only make sense if black and white is my life and I'm so committed to black and white that I never shoot color yeah. um, but for me actually it's the other way around because color film is getting more and more expensive while black and white film is still kind of affordable so for me I kind of see the digital route more as a substitute for color film so you know because color film is so expensive i feel like i have to um to fill that gap a little bit with my digital work to have more color film available because it's so expensive these days so i feel like if i had to part it in you know if i had to part color photography and black and white photography on different cameras i would probably do it the other way around stick for black and white when it comes to film and stick to color when it comes to digital so a monochromatic sensor in general wouldn't be that interesting for me because then i would shoot film if i could only shoot black and white that makes sense so with this challenge whether you extend it or or say i'm i'm all set um at the time of this recording um <laughs> What do you hope to achieve from from this challenge? Um, what where where do you want to see yourself uh, as a film photographer with, with you know going through this uh, uh, experience? Mm, I think first off, I want to. I, I see the journey as my goal, so I don't have a goal and say, "Oh, I want to be this and this photographer. I want to see this change." But I, for me, the observation alone of seeing how my vision and how my kind of photographic behavior is changing during that challenge is goal enough for me. Um, and you know, it would be nice if I scout through all of my work during that challenge and see if there's something appealing. To me something that i i feel happy with then i think it would be a nice um, package to wrap this experience to wrap this challenge maybe in some sort of publication maybe a zine maybe a book or something like that mostly for me to really display the journey that i've been through um, but maybe also for others who are struggling with something in particular be it black and white and want to see that even if it's your weak point, you can do something with it and there's something to to learn from it if you commit to it. So this is kind of my goal. And I don't I don't have a, another goal than that than to just live through this journey. And if something changes and if I come out as a better photographer, quote unquote, or if I've learned something, um, that's that's incredible. But um, I don't want to say, okay, from now on, I will shoot more black and white. And from now on, I will shoot less black and white or whatever. I just want to develop into a normal state from, from then and see how this will affect, for example, my color work. I, I, I can imagine that maybe my color photography has also changed because I've been shooting black and white for so long. But that is yet to, to be discovered. When do you part ways with your X100V? Or did oh, you I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. I, I feel that I have, oh, it's so hard to let it go, actually, because I've been liking it so much. Uh, so and as I said. Can I make a proposal? Yes. 
I would recommend that now that you're hitting the six month period for your black and white challenge, if you're going to continue with it, just give it a tiny bit of a pause. And I propose an intermission, if you will. <laughs> uh, uh, do a film simulation challenge where you take all the native film simulations on the Fujifilm and do a, a mini challenge where one day you use only the Provia, one day you only use Astia, one day you only use Kodachrome, and just run down the line. We could probably skip sepia because... <laughs> we could pretend that one's not there <laughs> but uh give give that a try i would be very keen to see uh after going through the black and white challenge how 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 that turns out that's a really interesting proposal i think in the beginning when i first got the fuji i did a rip-up version of that a little bit where I, you know, tried this one for a while and this one, but not as extensively as uh, as in your suggestion. And that sounds uh, that sounds a lot of fun. I think I might actually do that. And I'm not sure, you know, I haven't decided yet if I will really sell the Fuji, but I think to make up for the funds that I spent on the Leica, it would just be a logical decision. But if I could, I would keep it. I'm not sure if I can afford that right now. If I can, then I might even <laughs> not sell it. But if I come to the conclusion that I will sell it, then I might even sell it this year. But I'm not sure. But I I'm sure that before I sell it, I will definitely still experiment more with it because I still plan to do... Um, a review video about this camera because I mean I know there's endless reviews of the X100V I know that maybe some people are rolling their eyes and saying oh no another one and I get that but at the same time I feel um, I, at least I haven't seen like a, a, a perspective of somebody who's only been shooting film and now switching to this camera in particular as the first and only digital camera so I really kind of want to make this as my final final kind of project before parting ways with my, with my camera and i think it depends on how long i will need to properly be able to make a review and then decide if i will keep it or not i can't wait for that video that that's going to be some uh <laughs> that's that's a great preview and uh I, I yeah i'm on uh pins and needles just waiting to see what you decide um i would also recommend whether you try the medium format Fujifilm camera or try like like borrow an XT5 just to try out the nostalgic negative film simulation, I, I'd love to get your take on that because I mean I to me it's such a profound uh, look that that I try to use it on everything and, and I would I would love to see from a film photographer's point of view. What what you uh what you think of it? Oh, you make me so curious about it now. That I wish I, I could let you, I, I wish I could just give you mine and let you <laughs> try it out, but the, the 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 postage would be a little bit on the high side, <laughs> and I need it no, for but... my next wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh... No, but I will definitely, at least right after the podcast, I will do some research on it and hope that I can just get my hands on one of those cameras that has this, the simulation to really give it a try because that sounds really, really interesting. Oh, it's so much fun. I I, I just adore that film simulation. It's 
I mean, if I could make it my ringtone on my cell phone, I would. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's especially in the fall. Oh my God. It, it is it just makes, it, it just turns, it turns your whole world into a postcard. It, it's, it's, it's great. Oh, wow. Honestly, you're actually tickling the, the itch to not sell the Fuji. Because this <laughs> is what I've been enjoying so much to just click and then not have to do anything because the simulations already have such a great look to them. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's a great system. It's a great system for sure. And I can I can envision, envision what you what you're talking about for sure. But was it like first uh, love at first sight when you saw the um, nostalgic um, it was simulation? Yeah. The first time I used it was on the medium format camera system. I was trying out the X100S and I had the 80 millimeter F1.7 lens on it, uh, which is about like 60 millimeter equivalent to 35 millimeter film. Mm -hmm. uh, and 50 millimeters is that magic focal length that I absolutely adore. I, I photograph in that focal length uh, all the time. And so for the Fujifilm system, it's the 33 millimeter lens that I use that, that gives me that look. And it, it practically never comes off the camera. It's, I, I love it. And, mm -hmm. and so I photographed a wedding using this and I, I just loved the way it looked. And I did the entire wedding using this medium format camera with the occasional shot from uh from my i think i was using the xt3 at the time um you know for for certain for certain shots anything fast moving i would have to use the 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 x system for any kind of shot but if people were slow moving <laughs> that medium format camera came out and oh my god it's nothing but magic my it is the 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 cover photo of my uh my my website uh oh, yeah. a couple dancing in front of a uh autumn tree that's that that's changing colors and it's all nostalgic negative it, it it just it sang to me if it if i could envision it and wow. like at that time it was only available for medium format because fujifilm said that it wasn't possible to put it onto the x system and then a few months later, they put it on their X system. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it, please put it on the X-T3. Put it on your... I'm not asking them to go all the way back in time to put it in, into their previous cameras, but they can put it onto at least some of the technology. Like, it, it is... It, I love this film simulation so much that I, it, it pains me to, to think about it, that it could go on uh, a previous model, and it isn't. Mm -hmm. I see that and it's so funny that you are referring to hearing almost hearing the the look of it right and yes. it makes me think of of a, a guy I, I can't remember the name right now but it's a guy who's actually colorblind and he developed like a system where he has like a kind of sensor in his brain and once he's looking at color it plays a different sound so he has like different sounds for different colors and I imagine if he would look at an image from from the nostalgic negative uh, simulation, he would probably, it would be the best song ever, right? It would be a symphony of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that that's that that alone is amazing i i wow how, how, how yeah right how do you live with that how do you incorporate they incorporate that and is the music good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think he was it was a tedx talk or something i watched with him uh, and he talked about it in detail a lot and uh, i think he's using this also to make art to to kind of translate songs into how he would see them and to um to kind of envision or paint music regarding to the color he hears so it's very funky stuff i'm I'm really i love this kind of intersection of different media i love the intersection of photography painting music whatever so for me this is really interesting that you can like literally translate um with different media with these devices you can translate music into colors and the other way around so yeah my mind was blown so if you ever have the chance definitely uh yeah look up the the ted talk with with the guy i don't know the name but i think you can find him if you just google colorblind android guy and yeah it, it will blow your mind <laughs> totally and let's put a pin in that because that that is what you just said is a whole fascinating topic that we could do a whole other podcast on <laughs> Um, but Karen, I've had such an amazing time chatting with you today. Uh, thank you for taking your time on this, uh, very warm Sunday on both our sides of the pond. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for, for chatting, uh, tell the world where they can find you on the web. Um, yeah, you can find me either on Instagram, which uh, where my handle is Karin Mayoka. You can also look uh, at my website, which is uh, karinmayoka.com. Or if you uh, want to see moving images, you can also find me on YouTube, which is also my name, Karin Mayoka. Super awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. We definitely have to have you back on to, to talk shop. And I, I really want to I'll probably be sending you an email once you make that video on where you decide to land, whether it's for Fujifilm or if it's for Leica, <laughs> or you know what? It could be another camera that we don't know about down the line. Uh, I, I definitely want to pick your brain and uh, have another amazing conversation and go from there. But in the meantime, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll talk next time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It was, uh, it was very, very fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.